everybody. Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff. We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on. No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. Hi. Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. Did I tell you that I might be getting a kitten soon? No. Okay. So it's not like official. So that's where like, you know, when you don't want to tell somebody something, you know, when you audition and you think you're going to get something, but you can't tell anybody just in case you don't get it and you don't want to look stupid. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about this kitten. So it might not be the best that I'm recording. Like the this. first three weeks of a pregnancy or like, <laughs> no, it's the first, like it's, it's like the first three months. You're not supposed to tell anybody. I put in an application for a kitten. It has crazy like whisker eyebrows. It's black and white. Um, the biggest thing is that I've had, I've gotten close to getting kittens the last couple of weeks, but the problem is like my, it's so funny. So my friend Ashley had another friend tell me about a kitten that was on a barn and it was so cute. And I was so excited about it. It was like a little tabby. And so then I was telling my mom and my mom was like, make sure that it's had, like, it's been tested. So it doesn't have like, there's like all these different things that cats can have. Like my mom was like, you don't want to adopt problems right now. Like, especially because before I had a vet as a parent and it was all free and now I don't have that and I'm somebody that's like never around so I was like okay so I'm, t- I'm like setting up when I'm gonna see this cat it's like an hour and a half away I'm traveling for cats like what am I doing and so anyway I was like oh has the cat been tested she's like no it's like some stray had a cat on my barn and it's like no like it's literally the woman's like this is trash like take it or leave it sure. and I tell my and I tell my mom and she's like don't take that cat she's like <laughs> just don't and I was like Okay. So then I had to text this woman back and I was like, my mom says I can't come. <laughs> like my mom said, no. <laughs> so then I was like all bummed. And like, the biggest thing is my mom. Um, so some of her, like the old doctors that used to work for them work at shelters. Like that's what my mom used to do as well. So she's like, wait until a cat's like vetted, like they'll find it somewhere, but then they'll test it and they'll make sure it's okay. So one of, um, one of the doctors works at the Ham- Hamilton shelter in um, New Jersey. And they, um, and they basically have been telling everybody like any kittens, make sure this doctor sees it first. So they put a kitten aside for me. It's just too tiny right now. Cause they have to be either two pounds or eight weeks and it's like six weeks and it's just a little tiny baby. So I put in an application for a little baby kitten. Oh, that's great. My first question is mm-hmm. what will become of the couch? So um, the biggest thing is, you know, you, so I love that you care about my couch. Um, so I got a velvet couch specifically cause I knew I was going to get a kitten and, um, it doesn't show when they kind of fuck with it. I mean, there's things to like, you, every cat is different. So some cats are going to be crazy. Some aren't. Um, so you get like little scratch pads and stuff like that. I want to be able, and if you get them young, you can kind of, they can kind of tolerate getting, I can clip their nails. But if he really does end up being crazy, uh, I've posted pictures. My brother puts these little caps on their nails. Think of it like um, like a gel manicure, but it's like these little caps that you glue onto their nails. They can still climb. Like my brother's cat still climbs and is like crazy with them, but you can have them be different colors. Like his cat's nails are per- like little purple things. And then when the nail grows out, they fall off and then you get new ones and you glue them on again. So my biggest thing is making sure that if whatever I have to do, whether it's clip its nails and or put these little gel nail 
covers on that I start doing it young so that they're used to getting that done because the worst is when you have to pay for somebody to do that stuff or like me where you're like sitting on a cat and you're wrestling it and you're like I'm trying to help you like <laughs> like as somebody that's never owned a couch just bought a couch love their couch my personality is attached to my couch I appreciate that question but I also like it sounds really silly clearly I don't want this cat to destroy my couch but at the same time a cat is almost more important than furniture to me. Like not, not new furniture. That's I know not new furniture, but I'm going to like, I even hate how concerned I am because I, you know me, I eat in bed. I eat on my couch. I eat everywhere. And so like, I'm being more diligent and being more aware, but I first told myself I wasn't going to eat dinner on my couch. And then two days later, I'm eating dinner on my couch. So there's also this anxiety while I'm eating that I hate. So I'm kind of, like a, clearly I don't want to drop anything on my couch, but I'm almost like waiting for it to happen so that I can like breathe a little bit on my own furniture. Yeah, I get that. It's the same with a new laptop. You just, at first yeah. you're just like, you treat it like a newborn baby and you wrap it in <laughs> yeah. a blanket and you carry it around everywhere and you're like, shh. <laughs> and then after a while you're tossing it across the room. I mean, that's why I love older cars because I'm bad with cars. So it's just yeah. like, I, I never want a brand new, beautiful car. I would just fuck it up. I, I, I completely agree. There is like the first time you dent your car, you're like, Ooh. I used to borrow my dad's car every weekend when I did stand up. Like when I first started doing stand up, every time I was doing road gigs, I'd borrow my dad's car. And of course I'm like, he, he's trusting me with this thing. And then probably eight years later, after borrowing it forever, I, I saved a bunch of money and I, I was going to ask my dad to match me so I could get a used car. I was like, all right, I have $3,000. Will you give me another three so I can buy this car? Like it was going to be this thing. And he ended up giving me his car which was like really exciting. He's like, take the 3000. That'll be for like when things fall apart and da, 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 da. you have like a little cushion for when you something falls off your car. And I was like, that's very nice. I was very grateful. And it was very helpful to me in my career. No joke. A week after he gave me this car, I don't know what I was doing. I was either moving something, whatever. I ended up cutting one of the seats. Like I dragged something along the back no. seat and it, it's like not, I would say about like almost a foot long this big cut in the seat that like kind of exposed stuff. And I literally was like, oh no. And then I went, yeah, it's my car. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like it was, like, <laughs> it was, it made me realize that I didn't actually ever care about this car being pristine. I cared that my dad was going to murder me, yeah. but I don't care about car. Like you've seen me dent the crap out of my car. Like, I don't want it to be like looking like we have all driven down the road and seen somebody with like a door hanging off and thinking like, I don't want to be anywhere near them because they seem to not care about life. <laughs> like, like if they don't care about their car, they definitely don't care about mine or who, who's in it. But like a dent or a scratch, my dad would get those fixed right away because he cared about what people thought. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know what I mean? I don't have the money, nor do I give a fuck. But it was so interesting to learn that about myself where it's like, oh, I don't, it doesn't bother me that there's this rip in the seat it bothered me that my dad was going to murder me and that it was a reflection of him being like, I can't trust my kids with my stuff. And then as soon as I had it, I was like, oh, I don't give a fuck. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> also but, kind of spoken as, as someone who got a free car, because if you had paid like, yes, I, ag I agree with that, but I paid for my last car and did a lot of damage to it very quickly. I just, I don't care about cars. I know that's going to hurt a lot of our listeners. I care more about my couch than I've ever cared about any car that I've owned, paid for or not. A car, the car isn't a reflection of me. It's a thing that gets me from point A to point B. But when you walk into my apartment, the first thing is you see my blue velvet couch and I'm, I picked it out. I love it. Like, I think if I picked out my car 
in a way. And I felt good about like, they didn't, they didn't have this green color that I wanted when I got my car. It was only for, um, a certain type of car and it was way more expensive. And I was like, that's stupid. And I really just wanted it because it was green, but I was like, whatever. So I just got this car. That's like a color. That's like a regular color that you get. I don't like the car. I don't like the way it looks. It'd, it'd be interesting if it was, I picked everything out and I really loved it and it looked beautiful. Not that I'm a sports car person, but just something that was beautiful. And it's just not, it's just, it almost looks like a, like a soccer mom's car. So I just don't care about it. It's just a thing that gets me to gigs. <laughs> You're like, because you know, the green car, fine. I'll take the other car. Just take a hammer to the windows. I don't give a shit. Because <laughs> like, think of it this way. We've, we've bought dresses for $20 and we bought dresses for $150. The truth of the matter is if it's a dress I wear every day, that was $20. I'm going to care for it just as much as I do the $150 dress. It's just that like this, like you, it's just how much you care about it. How important is it to you? How much you want to wear it and show it off. I got to ask you something. Are you mm-hmm. still off sugar? I am. Am I being crazy? Oh, no, you're just a lot right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I, it's been, I don't know how long it's been like 10 minutes. I haven't, I've gotten like two words in. <laughs> Sorry. I did have, you know what it is? I had tea already. Cause sometimes I don't even finish my tea by the time we start and I ate. So I'm like fully awake. Okay. And I don't think, I don't think we do this when I'm fully awake. <laughs> I had no idea how much that was helping me. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Muffins. The floor is yours. No, it's, I mean, fucking hell. Like, I don't even know what I wanted to say, but like, I mean, I was going to start this podcast. I was going to yell at you about some, about like, I don't like the way you um, message me. Like if I'm supposed to send you a link at 4.30 or if we're supposed to start it at 4.30 and I'm doing it and then you message me right at 4.30 because it makes me feel like, um, you know, when the light goes green and somebody honks behind you. Oh yeah. And you're like, it's been a second. Yeah. Just give me, wait till 4.31 and then text me. Are you ready? (laughs) Oh, I think I, yeah. And I do do it sometimes, but I specifically for today is if you actually needed more time. Oh yeah. We started later and you needed more time. So it was like, oh. Yeah, I think what I've noticed with myself and how I'm perceived, especially via text message, is I'm just like bare minimum get information out and people come across as like, Jesus, when it really, it's just like, because I know, like you've, you've seen me write emails. My email is like, I don't understand what's going on, da, 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 da. And I just have to get it out of my brain. And then I go back and I'm like, hey, Sarah, how I are do you the doing? Same. You know I what do I mean? It's good. And then I even rewrite. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I have to rewrite what I wrote because it comes across like, what are we doing here? Where I'm just like, hey have you heard back from da, da, da? Like I, yeah. but I have to just get the words out. And so I do, and I've noticed that this, and I've talked about it with other friends of mine. Once I know you love me and I love you back, those niceties are gone. Oh, I don't, I don't care if you say you ready. That's fine. Yeah. I just want you to say you ready two minutes after I was supposed to be ready. <laughs> Not at this exact time. Cause after the time I'm hitting send on the link and you're like, you ready? I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, ah, ah, like just honking. I'm fucking going. I'm coming. Yeah. Dude, like the car needs a second. Like and we start and I'm like, hi, muffin. <laughs> just like a knife off camera. <laughs> oh, I really love hearing about your kitten stories when I want to murder you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to meet the kitten. I'm wondering if you already have the names picked out because I know you had your mouth is wide open. Just give me three words. Uh-huh. You have the names picked out or like a list of a few because I know I've heard them before, but 
I don't know if it's a good thing about me or not, but like I prepare for everything so far in advance that I've now played around with all my options and it's going to be tater tots. Like I'm excited (laughs) about tater tots. I think it's funny to yell tots. Like it's just, and of course the few people I've told have been like, you really like food names. And I was like, it's so fun though. Like you're never going to name your son tater tots. Let me have this. Like absolutely. Tater tots is adorable. TT. <laughs> exactly. And then it's just like tots, get off the couch. What are we doing? Like the, it's like, yeah, you, you have to be able to yell it, you know? Yeah, of course. I get that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely excited. And it's even funnier because I do do this. So I got a picture. Like my mom sent me a picture of this cat. Oh yeah. Can I make a, a counter suggestion though? Yeah, go for it. Shahada tots. <laughs> I know Shahada was on the table at one point. It was. I think Shahada, I, you, you know, I've always loved your, your last name and I think you have the best name in show business, but like Shahada is just, it has a Beyonce feel to it. It needs to stand alone. Okay. Like you should have been a singer. Like you just like, I don't know. Okay. There's, that's fair enough. There's going to be a cute cat in the future named Shahada. Yeah. It's gonna be so confusing when I'm like yelling at both of you. <laughs> I know we both drop our food and look, and I'm like Shahada. Did you did you vomit on the couch? It's not really fun <laughs> to yell Shahada, is it? Shahada, Shahada, Shishi. Oh. Hmm. Hot Tata, Hot Tata. <laughs> that's, that's Just make you into Atlanta. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I do think it's gonna be tater tots, and I do do this, and I talked about it in my book but I literally looked at the picture and I was like tater tots yeah that looks right tater tots like like literally talking (laughs) to this picture (laughs) oh now I want tater tots tater tots because that's what it is like it's the best like when tater tots are on the menu how do you say no to that like they're like okay for your sides you can have chips you can have fries you have tater tots how do you not lead with tater tots like tater tots sometimes not the home fries, but the hash brown. Like sometimes hash browns are good, but like those are just smashed tater tots anyway. Yeah, but I think what I like about because t- I like crunchy, like fries. I'm like all my friends. I'm always going after the crunchy ones. Like I was eating with my brother. We got burgers, and so I was going through his fries and taking all of his crunchy ones. He's like, "Those are the best ones." Yeah, you're a nightmare. Like, yeah, horrible. <laughs> you do not have fries. So I like I like I all like the, the tiny- soggy ones. I like the soggy McDonald's thin ones that are just like just no crisp, all sog. Oh, how are we not perfect yin yang? You can have all my soggy ones. I (laughs) really just want crunchy ones. And it wasn't until it was at the cellar a couple of years ago. I I heard someone order. Can I have, um, can I have the fries well done or something? Or can I have them crispy and well done? I was like, I didn't know you could do that. Clearly they're even more bad for you. (laughs) But, but I was like, oh, oh. So now sometimes I will ask them like, can you make the fries crispy? If I know it's a place that like but um, tater tots are always crispy. You don't want like that's tater tots are like the perfect fry. Yeah, and they're so soft on the inside and then salt. Exactly. Fat. So good. Yeah, let's so good. Put, let's hurry through this, and I'm gonna. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go find some fucking crispy ass potato fat shit. Yeah. Okay. Announcements. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Thank you to all our patreons, everybody that supports us. We are beyond grateful. You guys are amazing. We uh, love all the comments that you guys leave, and um, the fact that you're enjoying our weekly bonuses, our monthly bonuses. We have stickers you can get. Um, 
what else? Uh, you could be a Google guest. You can control our Googles. You can get some of our uh, stand up for free. You can get my book signed. There's so many great things. If you are not already a patron and you can become a patron for as little as $3. If you go to patreon.com slash two non-doctors for doctors. Yeah. And um, you can follow us on the socials. We're on Instagram at two non-DRS, but all the others like Facebook, YouTube, Twitter at two non-forward doctors. The number two. I don't. Should I say that I probably fucked something up with some RSS feed shit somewhere? So like, I don't know how you would hear this, but like, I don't know. No, if if, if anybody is having problem, like, because we are weekly, and if you're not getting a new thing every Tuesday, there is something wrong with whatever. Um, because was yeah. it Google Google Podcast? I had some issues with Google and Apple, but then like I have no idea, and I've been looking, and like I've written and. Anyway, um, just, we have a, like, uh, we're up to date basically. So like, if it's it's the month of November and then you're seeing only up till March, then we got some episodes missing. So I just wanted to like point out, and I don't know how you would hear this if you didn't know we were there, but (laughs) I've had some issues with the RSS feed because I'm not a producer and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's also really complicated. We've had a couple of problems where like, we didn't know it wasn't updating and it had like old RSS feeds or like, I don't know. And the fact that we don't know. and Switch huh? servers so many times. Yeah. But also, I don't, it seems like everybody's had a podcast has run into this at least once or twice as well. So I don't think it's always us. Yeah. Oh, so then personal stuff. Uh, me and Maria are doing a, ooh, uh, uh, uh. Um, <laughs> me and Maria uh, are doing a live standup plus a live two non-doctors recording in Brooklyn. We will be at um, December 29th at 730. We'll be at Union Hall. You can get tickets on my website or Maria's website. Um, also, I will be in Sunnyvale, California, LA, Irvine, and Oxnard, California, all in at the end of January of 2022. So you can get tickets on my website for that as well. And I'm still adding more dates. Yeah, I'm adding a bunch of dates in the UK, slowly but surely. I'll put them on my website when I stop being so fucking lazy. Um, oh, oh, yeah, I will be in Europe in March. I'm working on more dates, but as of now, I'm going to be in Utrecht and Antwerp, 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 um, in the Netherlands. And hopefully I'm going to add back a lot of my European dates that I had to cancel in 2020. Yeah. All right. Fan mail. Yeah. Okay. So this is from John. He is writing for the hypnosis episode we did a couple of weeks ago. He goes, great topic. Thanks. A business partner of mine in Boulder convinced me to see a hypnotherapist about 15 years ago for crowd anxiety that wasn't helped by SSIR meds. The practitioner wanted me to do a past lives regression. What the hell is that? We didn't, he, she didn't explain it satisfactorily, satisfactory, satisfactorily enough. I'm kind of a control freak anyway, but it it didn't feel safe and, and I could not relax. I did not feel like my state of mind nor level of consciousness changed at all. And it didn't work for me. I used to be the kid who got bored in school and daydreamed. I missed that. Maybe the mere necessity of to be adulting my way through life damaged my psyche somehow. I guess choosing a hypnotherapist is as difficult as choosing a traditional talk therapist. I'd I'd try it again if I found one that made me feel safe. I actually wrote John- um, Can we pause for one second? Yeah, of course. So I I appreciated John uh, sharing this. I absolutely think, 
first of all, safety is a hundred percent, whether it's talk therapy, whatever, especially something like hypnotherapy, where you are like the, the whole goal is to, to change your um, level of consciousness and kind of have you relax so that they can make these changes that you hope to make. That's horrific that this person didn't explain things enough to make you understand what's going on, but also that, that you were never able to like really relax and be a part of the process, which yeah. I would think is the most important part in any kind of therapy you do, which is even any doctor you go to, like they should be explaining to you what they're doing before they do it and letting you ask any questions that you have. Like you shouldn't go in being like, no, oh, they're just going to do stuff. And I, it's not, I have no, I mean, that's just bad practicing. And I've never, neither of us have ever gone to a hypnotherapist. So it's like, I don't really understand fully what that would look like and, and how that would go down. But I also think that it, anywhere you go, you should be able to ask as many questions and they shouldn't start doing anything until you feel completely comfortable. But um, it's interesting that he went for anxiety because that was one of the few things that they actually said hypnotherapy has a positive effect on. You know, everybody's just like, that's how I'm going to quit smoking. And we did have a few people that wrote in that was like, actually, it did help me quit smoking. But for the most part, um, it showed that weirdly the anxiety was where it was the most effective. I'm really curious to try it for anxiety. I would be curious too. Like, honestly, I, and we'll probably actually get into this with our topic. I've always used exercise and running as a way to control my anxiety. And it wasn't until maybe a couple of years in that I realized how effective it was, but also that there was like a meditative aspect to it. There was a, a way where like, I just kind of calmed and shut down in a way that I can't normally do throughout the day. And it's interesting that to be in that state always helped me have clarity of the mind. So it, I, having somebody help you get there, not having to run five miles all seems <laughs> <laughs> alluring to me. I also understand his perspective as I tried it, it actually had a negative impact and I'm never going back. Yeah. Like, and we've heard that even on our therapy episode where people are like, nah, this is, this isn't helping. And it it's such- so depends on the person. Absolutely. And, and we've talked about it before, any kind of therapy that you go into, you're already in a state of distress. You're already probably in a bad mental place. And now you have to make this big decision of somebody to help, you know what I mean? Such a, so it's already fragile going in. I, I have so much empathy for people that are like, no, this isn't for me because somebody immediately already took this fragile state you're in and made it worse. And you're like, I didn't even know you could make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if anybody actually um, has a positive um, or a way to find a trustworthy or, or, or hypnotherapist that like makes you feel safe. I mean, I'd be interested in hearing those stories as well. Yeah. Or if um, anybody's made millions of dollars off of like the self-hypnosis YouTube videos, <laughs> not by like posting those, but by doing, uh, them, getting yeah, yeah, by using them and the promises that they make. <laughs> yeah. Um, Google's. Yeah. What's your Google? Um, I wanted to know why I sneeze when I get my eyebrows threaded. <laughs> it's inevitable she and she's so used to me too and I think a lot of people do this but she she's always like are you sneezing and I was like yeah <laughs> and then I have to like turn away and it's a whole mess um, the best too because you have to like almost like raise your hand or like you, you know what I mean you have to be like ah, like it's like such a see it on my face I don't know if my face just starts twitching like yeah <laughs> like you need to sneeze I'm like, uh -huh. You're like a bunny I am AOL.com says, which is unfortunate. Oh, uh, you mean the internet of days past? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Ghost internet? 
bring up thieves. To, yeah. I would love to know what ghost internet says. <laughs> um, plucking or waxing or threading stimulates the trigeminal, a facial nerve that branches down to the tip of your nose. The reason that many people sneeze when they tweeze their eyebrows, oh, I thought they were just going to say sneeze when they tweeze, tweeze their eyebrows is that the eyebrows and the nose are both innervated by the trigeminal nerve. I mean, I do know all that stuff is connected. You know what I mean? Like, but I didn't, I didn't think just plucking a hair out would. Um, when you pluck out the eyebrow hair, and this is uh, glamourmag.co.uk, when you pluck out the eyebrow hair, the nerve is being stimulated. If this affects you, try pressing on the area straight after you've plucked it, as it may keep the nerve in place. So it's like the nerve's just like being pulled out of its and just like causing you to sneeze. It's so weird. And that actually also kind of explains something that always bothered me. You ever get like a bikini wax and they smack where they did it? Yeah. Like they pull the hair and then it smack. And you're like, why are we hitting? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is going on? I always thought I mean, it was to like, to like keep you from feeling pain, even though it didn't work, but just like psychologically. But it's not even the hitting. I think it's the pressing. Like I think yeah. it's the rip and then press. If you think of it the same way she, they were talking about with the eyebrow pluck and then press, it is kind of almost, I guess, calming the nerve. But these women are fucking insane and they're trying to do it as fast as possible. So it's like rip. And you're like, oh, why are they Olga? smacking you? It seems like they're smacking. <laughs> always, always. No, they're and you're just, just like to press it. They rip and then press, but not, they're not bitch, you know, like. Yeah, but I think it is like they're doing it so fast. So it's like, Doof. Do, do, and you're just like, hey. you need to go somewhere else. <laughs> That's not part of it. Hey, ladies, <laughs> I, I was going to tip. So we need to take whatever aggression you have because my face looks like somebody that didn't tip before. <laughs> like, geez, you almost want to like hold the money up while it's happening. Like, please, please. <laughs> oh, <my> good person. <laughs> it's really interesting. I never, and I do, I don't think. Cause I know you, you early pandemic Googled, why do I sneeze when I shower? Which yes. I think we came like, to the conclusion that it was mold. No, after I shower. And it was that, um, or the steam or something because it's, it happens everywhere. And I think it yeah. was, Oh yeah. It's the, it's the steam and then the cold. So I think it's the change in temperature after I get out of yes. the shower that was um, triggering the sneezing. But it seems like whatever that nerve is, is very sensitive for you. Very sensitive. I wish that was useful for anything. <laughs> <laughs> like You're like, hey guys, I believe we have to go west. Uh, my, my whatever I know. nerve. <laughs> like, like you have like this great sense of direction or something. Yeah, like some people have really sensitive nipples and I'm like, my sneezing nerve is just on all the time what I don't if it's like that what if like this if this was like the 1800s or something it was like really helpful like what if it really was like you'd be in the forest and you smelled something and it, and you could find water or I don't yeah. know like yeah I'm like don't eat that like, it's full of histamines yeah it, find the sneezing yeah. girl yeah but now it's just annoying but like in the past it actually had some real value yeah. Well, that's what like Johnny was saying about my misophonia, like back in the, like back in the day. And I'm, I'm just putting words in his mouth at this point. I can't remember exactly what he said, but like, it was probably useful in caveman times when I needed to be like ultra sensitive to like hearing animals. Yeah, absolutely. And then you never upgraded. No, I, I didn't evolve. I didn't evolve. Did you get my email Maybe. about somebody mentioning misophonia on a show? Oh yeah. 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 Um, I I've heard that before. I haven't seen it. Is it a good so, show? 
I'm so, I'm so obsessed with it. And then I just found out that the season I'm watching is the last season. And my sister was the one that recommended it. And I yelled at her. I was like, you recommend shows that have six seasons or more. I cannot <laughs> no, get into some one. We're talking about sex education, by the way. I don't think we said it. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sex education. Um, but yeah, season three, I think episode two, the like popular girl is like, could you not eat chips near me? I have misophonia. And then like the other girls like misophonia. And they don't label it completely or it's one form of misophonia, misophonia, which is to be annoyed by other people eating. But but I just got so excited that it was like, and it's like a fleeting line, but like I paused it. I wrote an email to you. Like, oh, you were and, so excited for me. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you never wrote me back and it's fine. But um, <laughs> but no, I, I was, I was like genuinely like it's in the zeitgeist. And then because it's also a British show, it was like, I just feel like, I feel like we're a little part of like making disorder history. Yeah, is it's that... a sex education. Like Johnny was like, it's a weird show because the, the high school is like weirdly American. Like it's modeled after like an American type of high school because it's not the like school over here. I don't I, see. I wouldn't know that as an American looking in that it's yeah. I would be like, oh, it just looks British to me. But it does. I could see how it does have American vibes. I wonder now if that, we're starting to do that. I wonder if people are starting to write for Netflix and co- having more of a hybrid, like culturally hybrid, like UK, US type of show, like Ted Lasso, you know, like, is that for an American audience? Oh, you didn't see Ted Lasso. No, I didn't. Oh my God. When I see you. Oh yeah, that's right. We have to get through like two seasons of it in like three days. We have a lot of work to do when you come to visit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when you come here and everything, but like, I mean, I, it's, I can't tell if it's for a US audience or a UK audience, but um. I think but also keep in mind because there's so much um American television and movies we do influence other shows so I can see how because we're starting to get more UK stuff shows what have you and they're not remaking it they're just showing it to us which is nice because of Netflix I could see how it does have to kind of almost be a little bit of a hybrid like we need to get the American audience it's a big audience yeah, everybody and, I tell to hear that I'm like saying oh, oh like uh, only fools and horses has got a cult following in the U.S. They're like really, <laughs> it's so weird. Never even heard of it. Well, anyway, um, the other thing is, is I had to put the subtitles on uh, for Sex Education, and I have to pause it sometimes because I miss stuff. Okay, but I do. I love it, and it's so funny. It's genuinely, and we've talked about it before. I don't love shows that have like a good, like too much sex. This is like all sex, and I still love it because the writing is so good. Oh, good. It's so good. It's so funny. Okay. My Google. Yeah. Okay. My Google is why is the corner of my mouth dry and cracked? Haven't you had this Google before? Yes, but it's weirder now. Like I don't feel like it just, it was on one side and I just couldn't, I was like, why the hell is this happening? So of course we've talked about it before. The common causes are like dry, cold weather, sunburn, wind exposure, licking your lips, uh, breathing through your mouth. How else do you breathe? That's upsetting. Um, all the time? Yeah, um, it could be. I um, know how much of a mouth breather I've become because I have such like nostril problems here. Yeah, well, like, get ready, get ready to have like a, a crazy mouth. Okay, and so the other common, common so the other c- causes that could be is like common cold, anemia, dehydration, can't be di- dehydration because I'm drinking at least 55 ounces and all I do is pee now. And your energy um, levels are showing. I, I, insane. I'm so hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> this is hydration energy um, or nutritional deficiencies. But in this Google, I found something I've never seen before, but it says another thing it could be is angular chelitis, C-H-E-I-L-I-T-I-S. And it's cracked corners of the mouth. It could be 
both or just one. And basically saliva gets trapped and builds up in the corners of your mouth. And when it dries, the skin in that area can get cracked. So they're basically saying like the, the warmth and the moisture can create this like perfect condition for fungus. And then it can literally cause a fungal infection on the corner of your mouth. And then of course, do you know what it's called? No. Candida. Oh. And I was like, what? Like as somebody that's dealt with like candida everywhere you know what I mean from like eczema to like like they even say like when you have like um dandruff like that can be a a type of fungal infection like there's all these different like weird things that you don't really realize are like fungal infections and I was like oh I wonder if it's that and of course what they tell you to do is what I always do which is that you just like moisturize I'm putting like you know vaseline there and like and it's fine now it took a couple days sugar and and isn't that the biggest culprit of candida is sugar so this is what I'm thinking. Your, your, your body, you know, whenever you make a big change, it gets worse oh, it before gets it gets better. It. Yeah. It has a candida purge. Yeah. And you have, it's called like die off or whatever. And yeah. things kind of, I think maybe that's might've what happened. This is uh, all clearly like we do speculation, no, but I, yeah. <laughs> but why, why now? Because it's not that cold here. It's like 45 to 50. I don't feel like it's been that, I don't feel none of these other things apply. And so when I started reading about that, I was like, I've never heard of that. I did not know that could happen. And it's like, it's fine now, but I was like, no, I hate my body. Yeah. It's very upsetting, but that was my goal. Oh, that's annoying. Well, I hope it clears up um, and it is just a uh, burn off. What's it called? Die, it's, they call it like die off. Die off, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and I'm exactly two weeks off sugar. That is amazing and you deserve all the credit in the world well done thank you i'm going to there's a new cat (laughs) the cat's just named sugar um (laughs) um let's get personal Uh uh-huh okay if animals could talk which animal would be the most annoying Ooh, that's a great question oh why did my first my friend okay like my first in my head as if I'd ever heard this question before, my brain was like, fuck giraffes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think would be annoying about them? I don't know. Cause that's like, it was just the first, like my brain was like giraffes. Like it had like a prior conversation <laughs> like, with giraffes. <laughs> like no hesitation, giraffes. Yeah. Let's just talk about it. Well, I think that first of all, that they would talk really loud thinking I can't hear them. When I can hear you just fine, you don't have to scream at me. <laughs> have like no ability to like uh their volume controls you're spitting everywhere man wear a mask (laughs) (laughs) i just feel like you've been to a zoo and you're like fuck that guy and they're like giraffes i hate zoos i hate zoos somebody said something recently or i read something recently that just like was like but they were just like why are we going around thinking like unicorns couldn't exist which is just a horse with a horn but giraffes aren't mystical and magical like Like, what the hell is a giraffe i always think that i'm like it's such a shame i learned about dinosaurs and giraffes as a child when everything was possible like when you're a kid the whole world is magic like you're like yeah Yeah. man flies around the world and gives people gifts and this giraffe thing has a long neck and big old dinosaur. And so you just start taking everything for granted because the world is a magical place. Then you grow up and you go, it's not all that magical. And then you start looking at giraffes and you're like, that's crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. And their tongues are all long and weird. The first time I t- saw a giraffe tongue, I was like, that's, you shouldn't yeah. have that. Ugh, disgusting. No. 
And you know, that's why I, I said that thing about spitting, like you're spitting everywhere. <laughs> you're spitting everywhere. But no, I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on your observation. I could see them being like, just kind of like, mm, like they cut in line and then they stick their tongue out. Yeah. They're just like, hey, hey, hey. uh-huh. And they would be know-it-alls because they can like technically see everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, Hey guys, a storm is happening. How do you know? I'm literally in the clouds, Brian. Like <laughs> I can see everything. Yeah. Guys, I think it's going to storm soon. <laughs> Just head swinging around have you ever seen a giraffe fight no they like muay thai kick each other with like their necks they're just like ah and then their necks all twist up so literally they're like they're hitting each other with their necks like or they get twisted yeah yeah, yeah. They, they're swinging their their necks onto each other it's like a kick like a roundhouse kick or something but with their necks and i think they get twisted i don't know if my imagination imagine that or if that's what happens and then the female giraffe is just sitting back and waiting for like the fucking male giraffe that wins this match to mate with she's just like, see, <laughs> smoking see. a cigarette yeah exactly just, like, just just like bored and annoyed with both of them like they're both losers but whatever yeah but like what are my options <laughs> like the horse hasn't called me back so I also think ducks would, because I hate ducks so much. I think they would yeah. be obnoxious to talk to because they went, everything would be back here like this. And they would just speak so much. And I'm like, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> um, I have two answers. Okay. First one I think was influenced by Disney. I think snakes would be annoying. So <laughs> did you ever, did you ever watch um, crap Robin Hood? Like, I think it came out in the seventies. I don't think so. So there's the lion is like the evil king that's taking all the taxes and then his kind of minion is the snake but the snake annoys that guy the snake is annoying to everybody but there is something about like almost how like the giraffe can see everything and like is like always in the know-it-all because they can see like on top of buildings or whatever I feel like the snake is always like like it's just sneaky and then it like I feel like a snake would find all your secrets and your little stuff and like tell people about it like they're just distrustful and this isn't even like I don't like snakes like that's not what it is it's I don't like secrecy and the fact that like every story about a snake is like oh I was just walking in the out of nowhere snake. like they're just like they blend in they pop out of stuff they like baskets like they eat, eat apples <laughs> oh yeah the fact that, that like but I just feel like they would like go through all your personal stuff, swallow your stuff. And then you would be like having an argument with a friend and they would like cough up, like, they're like, really, is this, is this, it seems like you, you're lying to them. And they would like cough up something that you were hiding in your room. I don't know. I just Wait, feel like they, this isn't the question. The question is like, which would be the most annoying to talk to? And you're just saying your, your character. My personification <laughs> is that snakes would always be trying to entrap you in lies and uh give away your secrets okay yeah. and i feel strongly about this um mostly because of robin hood <laughs> why do you think like they would know all your secrets do you think that they would try to like buddy up with you first and then use it against you or do you Very think you wouldn't see them and like say your secrets to someone else and they would overhear i think because they're low to the ground and they can like slither everywhere that they were like they're just everywhere at once and so they're like you know that person in high school that's friends with everybody like they're friends with the nerds or friends with the popular kids they're friends with the, like I just feel like they would like for the bad reasons buddy up with everybody and then stir shit by knowing all their secrets. Well this is just a fucking movie in the making I say we create the animated series of this. I know I know I'm, a giraffe. I'm excited about it. Yeah <laughs> giraffes and snakes um yeah. and then my other one is uh kangaroos 
they just, they have so many muscles. They just, I just feel like they're going to be so bro if they talk and just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where they're going to just like tell you about like the shake they had and like tell you about, like literally be like me, like be like, you know, sugar really breaks they're down your everybody organs. in LA. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Like every personal trainer in LA is hey, just a giraffe. Hey, Roo now. <laughs> or not giraffe, uh, kangaroo. It's k now. They call me k -Roo. Um, You can call me KK if you like, but not, don't add a third K. He's going Roo-Roo. roo um, Dude, how many times have you either seen a kangaroo fight or just seen a picture of a kangaroo and you're like, do they do steroids? Like, I've never in person see a kangaroo let alone fight but i have seen that one where the guy punched the kangaroo in the face to save his dog save his dog and god damn it if that wasn't the funniest so funny and just so brave at the same time like it made that guy so attractive to me i was like man a lot of people got upset that he punched a kangaroo in the face i will say that i'm an animal lover whatever whatever but like it was being a dick like who gives a shit that it's an animal it was being an asshole like <laughs> can't we just like because think of it this way if you're walking your dog and another dog comes and attacks it no one's going to be mad that you kicked that dog or you you know what i mean because that dog is attacking your dog so we have to take into effect that this this kangaroo for no reason being an asshole like i predicted yeah is coming in and attacking your dog yeah fucking punch it he didn't punch it and try to pummel it until it died he was just trying to save his dog it would be one thing if he was like holding it down, taking his day out on this kangaroo, but he punched <laughs> it. <laughs> you know what I mean? He punched it and then he fled the situation. People are crazy. Like I'm an animal lover. I love animals. I'm all about protecting animals, but a dick is a dick. Like <laughs> fuck off. Like I find that so like that level of like animal love to be crazy because the truth of the matter is, is like humans are humans, but a dick human needs a punch in the face sometimes. Like, but yeah, kangaroos really seem like- I love like you off sugar. I love it. <laughs> I am just full of energy, ready to start my day. Face sometimes. I don't care if it was a baby. That baby was being a dick. Um, I, I also think kangaroos would pay for their protein smoothies with all the change in their smelly pocket. <laughs> it's like goopy somehow. Ugh, with those like dollar coins. Like, I know you have cash. Don't give me those Sacagawea dollars. <laughs> I've made this kangaroo American. He's a he's a foreign exchange student um, in America. This kangaroo that's a douchebag. Um, yeah, I just feel like they would be like super broy and like wouldn't really add anything to the conversation. And you would try to like explain your side, and they would just like be like, bro, bro, bro. bro I, I read a headline in a magazine in 1994. I think I know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. I don't even want to get to the topic. I'm just, I love this one. <laughs> Okay. Um, our topic is marathons. Who picked this one, Liz? <laughs> no idea. You know how much I know about running. I love running. Running is my passion. Yeah. Um, it's so crazy because I talked to somebody recently where um, I had, I told them, I was like, oh, I've run 13 marathons. And they were like, what? And I go, yeah, I don't know where that shock is coming from. Is it coming from me specifically? Like, why would you do that? Or is it just, why would anybody do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you run marathons the way some people go to fish shows. <laughs> some people oh. have been to 26 fish shows. You're like, I've been to 13 marathons. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, why would you pay that money for that experience for both of them? Especially like to me, 
you have to be in the right headspace to do in either of those things. But the people that are passionate about it are passionate. Um, I'm grateful that I'm past the marathon phase of my life. It helped me in a lot of ways and it was important to me, but I'm glad I no longer feel like I need to do it. And by that, I mean, like there's people that are marathon runners that make their living doing marathons or they get like some kind of like, there's something about their career that it's important to them. This was a hundred percent. Like, I, I mean, I have a joke about it, but I just wasn't okay in the head and it was something to focus on and help me emotionally, as well as, I don't know, it just, it was, it was healthy and unhealthy at the same time. But I was thinking about when I was preparing for this topic, I was like, I think what makes me sad is my fastest marathon, which I was really proud of was two hours and 54 minutes, which is not actually technically very average. Like what's, what's like the average time to finish a marathon? I don't know what average is, but I'll tell you this. People will be impressed if you're around anywhere between two and two and a half hours no I take this back this is 354 this isn't 254 now that I look at that that doesn't look right the first marathon I ever did I did in six hours like I wasn't prepared I didn't know what I was doing and I always joked I'm like it's way more impressive to run for six hours than it is for two hours am I right like I mean yeah I can't believe you you stuck with it that's a show of determination (laughs) yeah and I was like a mess towards the end so I take that back. I was looking at that. I was like, that doesn't seem right. No, it was three hours and 54 minutes. I was really proud of it because I've never thought I would get under four hours. So I would say between um, anything less than three, people are usually pretty impressed about on an average um, thing. Whenever I tell people I run marathons and they want to know my time, my time is never impressive because since then it's always been, I think the next second best was like four, 434 or something. And then it started creeping closer and closer to five hours. So the older I got, the goal was just always under five hours. But I think I was really sad that my best ever was um, this 354. And um, when I was 21 and I never got back to it. And a topic for a different time, I was sexually assaulted on the subway going to the marathon. And I was so mad and so like crazy that that's the reason I think I ran really fast. And I was just, I was in a bad mood and I was just angry that I was like in this situation that I couldn't control on the subway, which is like, like kind of crazy. Did they grab your ass or something? So when you, so this was in DC and it was for the Marine Corps marathon and so many people are on the subway. So think like rush hour, New York city, where you're like pressed up against like the whatever. So, and it happened, my dad was in front of me and this guy was behind me and I was on the train. Everybody's packed, like literally everybody's packed. I think my hands were like against my dad's back or whatever. And uh, this guy reached under and like grabbed me and I pushed him away. And then he reached up and he grabbed, I couldn't even turn around. We were so packed. And I go to my dad. I was like, dad, can we get off the stop? He's like, no, we have two more stops. I was like, dad, please. Can we get off the stop? And he said, no, he didn't know. He had no idea what was going on. So then it kept happening, finally got off. And I was just crazy. And I was being really mean to my dad, which I felt terrible about. You tell him why? I did. I told him in the middle of the marathon. Did he start running faster? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But my dad didn't know what to say. And I don't, I don't blame him, but I don't think I really put it together that I was being so crazy during this marathon, both in a bad mood, but running really fast was because I was so mad. I was like, so like, I felt out of control. I didn't, I had no repercussions. I couldn't even tell you what this guy looked like. Like it was just so fucking upsetting. And I was like, I'm going to go do something healthy for my body. Like what the fuck? Like Uh it was just, so upsetting. So it is very weird to realize my fastest marathon wasn't about training. (laughs) Like it's one of those things that I can't even not say be proud of, but like it always, it actually always took away from 
that um, accomplishment. Yeah. Because that happened. But I don't know. So if we don't, if you don't know, marathons, 26.2 miles. Um, that is what a marathon is. There's no, like, that's the definition. It's always 26.2. If you do ultra marathons, that's where it gets a little messy because an ultra marathon is just over 26.2 miles. So anything that's over. So there's like 50K, um, there's 100K, there's 50 miles, there's 100 miles, there's ones that are even longer, but ultra is just anything that's over a marathon. Um, I played around a little bit with the idea of doing an ultra marathon when I was really into it, but I'm really glad I didn't. Like there was already like, I've lost toenails before. Like there's all, we talked to, um, she was a runner that we had as a Google guest. She was great. Um, my brain's fried. But she talked about like losing toenails and stuff like that with all the running that she's done. But I've, I've only, I think I only had one toenail fall off before, but I do have like a lot of bruising and- Sorry, what, what just as someone who's never ran a ma- marathon, uh, there's no appeal to it whatsoever already. And then like, I could, like, sometimes I talk to you and I go, I want to try that. Like maybe like a paleo diet or something. Cause you know, it worked for you or whatever, but just, just like, I only lost so, one toenail is like, that's just like to lead with have a break your body down. And we, yeah, I'm not selling it well, which is funny <laughs> no. because I knew going it. So like, here's one thing, like you always like, th- there's literally men where they're like, like they cross the finish line and there's like blood going through their, on the, on their chest because their nipples what? are bleeding. Oh, so so there's a lot of chafing oh, that happens. Why? So, you're not wrong. <laughs> Whatever's going to come out of your mouth isn't wrong. Why would you do that? Why would anybody do it? That, is it's, that runner's high that good? There's so many other ways to get high. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's got, I do think it's like, I, you know, I have so many jokes about why would you do this? Like, how sad are you that you have to do this? And it's like very sad, like it's childhood trauma. Um, but it's, it's a challenge. And I think there's, okay. So think of it this way. Why would women wear heels when it destroys your Achilles, like your ankle and you have all these blisters because the pros wear out the con, you feel sexy. It looks good with your outfit. You know, you feel whatever. So we've made, so then what do they do? You put like insoles and like little patches and you put band-aids you do all this stuff. So you can wear this heel for the night. And the same thing kind of goes into marathon running where I would have this like wax stick and I would put it all around my armpits and all around my foot and wherever there was anything that, um, anything that doesn't completely stay still. So like the, around the band of my shorts or whatever to eliminate or help with the chafing. But there's a reason guys always put band-aids on their nipples because just the, just the shirt brushing over and over and over again against their nipples while they run would make them bleed. So it was so funny to like be getting ready. And you would see people like in the line in like the corral before the marathon. And they're like, their girlfriends are like putting band-aids on their nipples. Like weirdly the ritualness of it, the like training and logging your hours and putting on this like wax stuff. And there were these packets of goo. It's like condensed carbohydrates that just, it's like sugar and carbohydrates. And it would kind of give you a boost and give you some energy. The fact that I would buy them like right before the marathon, that I would have them on my person. Like there's like, there's, there was the ritualness of it and the belonging that I think maybe it's cult-like, but it, it, it made me feel special on top of the fact that physically running made me feel better. It always calmed my anxiety. It always made me feel good during and afterwards. You know, I, earlier in my running career, I beat myself up if I didn't do the miles I was supposed to, or if I was slower than I was supposed to. But over time, I actually developed a healthier relationship with running, where it was really about just like 
feeling good about what I was doing and trying my best and training became even harder to do as I was touring. I think some people get into marathons, especially on an amateur level, just because it's a challenge and it seems really hard. And and I think a lot of non-runners get into it because they think, how, how could I possibly do that? But the next thing you know, it became such a big thing the last like 20 or so years that you have like moms and grandmoms and kids. And like, it's like crazy how like there's a 12 year old and a guy with a cane and they're both running next to you. And you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) How is this possible? What I thought was crazy. So I looked up some facts. Women weren't allowed to compete in the marathon, like the Olympic marathon or any marathon, like just like the local ones um, until 1984. That was the first time, but because women wanted to, they would sneak in. So like, um, actually there was no long distance racing in the Olympics um, before the eighties, but basically in 1966, Roberta Gribb like hid behind a bush during the Boston marathon. And then when it started, she snuck in and ran it. And then the biggest legend is, um, this woman applied for the marathon under KV Switzer. And then the director and an officer realized it was a woman and they tried to grab her off the course. So there's these really famous pictures of them trying to get her off the course. And basically her teammates blocked them so she could finish the marathon, which is like kind of crazy that it was like, literally she was a fugitive and it was illegal for her to be running, which I just, the pictures are awesome, but um, it's weird because I feel like I was a part of when marathons became this like kitschy thing you did with your group of friends. Because when I started, I was 19. So that makes it, I think, 2003. So in 2003, like clearly New York City Marathon, Boston, Marathon, all these things were big, but a lot of marathons, you could just like apply, you could like, you know, casually do like the Marine Corps Marathon, you would just like sign up. And then eventually became as big as um, New York City Marathon. And it was like a lottery system and you had to like wait and blah, blah, blah. How many people want to run the marathon that not even everyone gets to? Exactly. So it's so funny to think that like, you're like, I would never. And you're like, there's people that don't get to run and they're bummed about it. Like, oh, maybe next year I can get up at 5 a.m. and have The only thing I would find appealing about it is that, like, it closes the roads and, like, it would be cool to see New York City in that way, in that just totally, like, free of cars and... It was awesome. I've done New York City twice and I completely agree with you. And what's really interesting is because I wasn't in the right head frame when I first started doing it, I remember running the New York City Marathon when I was 19 and people are stopping on the bridge and they're taking pictures and they're like holding hands and they're like laughing. And I was like, why are we laughing? We have to finish. Like, and they, <laughs> and they have this rule that you have to get over, I forget what bridge, but you have to get over this certain bridge by five hours. You can't finish. And I was really scared that I wasn't going to be able to do that. So it wasn't until much later when I started to relax that running it became fun as opposed to like, I got to get the best time. And if I don't get the right time. Yeah. I have too many questions. Um, I'm ready. One, who got, let me just see if I can just remember them all and say them. One, who got you into it was your dad. Uh, Two, when you train for a marathon, like what's that schedule? Like how far in advance do you start needing to train? It's kind of like Edinburgh. It's like, when do you have to start planning for this? Yeah. Yeah. And three, do you just take breaks in the marathon? Like, do you just sit on the side and like breathe for a second and then continue running? Or is it, is is taking a break? Like, like the kiss of death? Like, do you just have to power through? Like what? These are are all such great questions. I love all of these. (laughs) Um, I got my dad into marathon running. Oh, I quit gymnastics when I was 14. I was super depressed and I started gaining weight because it was like during puberty. And I had been, I didn't even realize it. I had been doing three hours, four days a week of workout. And then I just stopped. 
and I hated not having muscles. I had muscles my entire life. So I was trying to find my thing. I tried swimming, not a good swimmer. And then, um, I tried some other stuff, but I got into running and I was really slow. I thought, I thought I did like the hundred meter dash. And I just thought like, because I did vault that I was fast and I was not fast. So it made me start to realize, and I really did kind of like running, but it made me realize I'm not fast. So if I'm not fast, maybe I can do long distance. And so I started running in college and I really liked doing a couple miles at a time. And there was a club. I didn't, I went to the new school, so it wasn't like a sports school, but there was like some club. It was like a marathon club. So everybody would join, you would train with each other. And then you would do the New York city marathon. And I was like, Oh, it's cool. Did not know it was 26.2 miles. I thought a marathon just meant a long race. I had <laughs> no idea. So I signed up for this thing and I signed up for the marathon, not knowing how long it was. Then they said it was 26 miles. I couldn't even fathom what that meant. Like it just didn't make sense to me. So I remember doing my first long run. It was 10 miles. I went along the West side highway. I was so tired that I got bought a Gatorade when I was done. I took the subway home to my dorm. I sat in a chair and I fell asleep in a chair wow. and I woke up and went to go shower. And I was like, Oh, I'm fucked. Like if 10 miles is like, I have to pass out. Like, what am I going to do? And it like kind of lit a fire under my ass, but I like, did not realize what I was signing up for. And it was a really hard race. But what happened was everybody, I was always the laziest person in my family. And when I finished this, my parents were not only proud, but they were like, if Liz can do it, it can't be that hard. And that's <laughs> what got my entire family into running. So my, my mom, my dad, my little sister, my older sister, my brother-in-law, and I think my baby brother, Greg, all did um, the Marine Corps marathon the next year wow. because- I ran it. And then of course my older sister hated it. My mom hated it. Um, Greg started running. I actually ran a couple of marathons with Greg and he's still a runner, but not to that extent. And what's crazy is Sammy was the only one that didn't run it. And Sammy's now into running and oh, asking nice. me all these running questions, which is kind of cool to have like a 15 year delay on that. Yeah. Um, the, the other question is, is, so they say about six months, even if you've never run, you can kind of slowly build up in a healthy way that can hopefully prevent injuries with six months. Can you do it in less time? Absolutely. I think you should have some foundation if you're going to do it in less than six months, but you can really go from zero to marathon in six months if you slowly build it up. And slowly is even if you're not able to run, you would uh, walk half a mile, run the rest, and then you would build up to running a full mile. And it can, you could run, walk the whole marathon. Nobody's telling you you can't do that. Um, there are certain races, like certain marathons that, like I said, have that cap where you have to get over the bridge by five hours and they pick you up in a sad person bus. Um, you <laughs> well, know, like it's a sad person bus when you can't finish the marathon and they have to come. Get yeah, it, it was. It was always like, you almost feel like you're like, oh, the sad person bus is coming up. <laughs> like I was always so scared because I was never a fast runner when I did this, that like, it was like the bus of shame. Um, not to say there's anything, wait, but so I just, like, how long, wait, how long do they wait before they send the sad person bus? I think they wait, like, I think, because it's never happened, thank God, but I think it's like whatever that bridge is or whatever that stop point is, because, you know, they eventually they have to open up the streets and, and yeah. what have you. So there is, there is like a, like a line in the sand where like, if you don't get across at this point, you get picked up by a bus. <laughs> trying to outrun it. That's so <laughs> Well, you're, you think you're running fast, but it like pulls out and it shows that you're like, almost like walking like an old man, which I have <laughs> done. And there's actually a lot of, um, I've walked runs certain races. Like there's what I was doing that actually gave me my best race is every mile I would walk for 20 seconds just to kind of relieve myself. And I did better when I would do the walk 
run technique rather than just running the whole time. Interval training is like better for you. There's a lot of statistics that it's better for you, but even, so the, the biggest thing I would say is never stop because your muscles, what happens is they get cold and then it gets even harder. And that's actually where injuries can come from. So I've made the mistake where I have either stopped completely and, or I went from running to walking really slow for miles. And then you're just a mess. It's, it's really bad. So you should always kind of, it's almost better to like run 30 seconds, walk 30 seconds, run 30 seconds, walk 30 seconds, as opposed to walk a mile and then start trying to run again. But you can absolutely stop. People do. They just really don't suggest it. And also you're just not going to want to. So you, there's, there's porter potties that you're going to stop at. There's water things. I kind of use any time I had to pee and or get water as my little break. But I always, even if it was a slow pace, I always try to do some kind of consistent running. And I would try to time my walking because like I said, you really do get stiff and it makes it so much harder to get back into it. And you had another question. I can't remember. I think that was the, the last one. It was like, can you oh, yeah. breaks or can not? Yeah. And you can, but again, you do a lot of these races do have, what do you call it? Like a, a stop thing. Yeah. Um, before we go, I just wanted to go into some statistics. I read a whole article that was like, I felt like it was like a chicken in the egg kind of situation, or like, it was just like, they basically say that like, running long distances can improve your cardiovascular fitness and muscle endurance. It helps with weight loss, mental health. It can improve your, you know, your mood and, and self-esteem and reduce anxiety and help build relationships with like training partners. Like there's all these benefits, but there's, there's so many people that have heart attacks. It's like the big marathon thing is like, I remember I did a marathon. Someone had a heart attack as soon as it started. So it was like, It started and within an hour and they had a, we literally got like the people that are slower that start later because it starts in tears. We had to start like two hours later because there was this heart attack. There's a lot of, there's much more people are running and much more people are having heart attacks. The thing that they said though, is a lot of people that are having heart attacks, if there's, if they're young and they're having a heart attack during a marathon, there's some kind of, um, undiagnosed genetic heart abnormality that's just coming out because of this. And if they're an older runner, it's usually pre-existing kind of heart disease, but it doesn't take away the the fact that people think of heart attacks when they think of marathons, because it gets a lot of press when it happens. So there was this whole article talking about it. And so there was all this data being like, actually, if you run 20 miles a week or less, it's the perfect amount of fitness, but these people that do excess are unhealthy. And then all these people did studies that were like, fuck you, you're using the wrong data and not enough people. Actually, the more you run, the healthier you get. But like, it's really like a line in the sand of people that think too much running is bad for you and that too much running actually you increasingly get healthier. But at the end of the day, everybody's body's different. And they do say like, you can have a heart attack from shoveling. You can have a heart attack from having sex. It's, it's this kind of higher heart rate. That's always going to kind of be like a little risky if you have underlying conditions you don't know about, but there is a lot of debate about if it's unhealthy to be doing this to your body and that the longevity of doing this to your body over time, actually like, like a law of diminishing returns, like running is good for you until at some point, and then it actually becomes unhealthy. Yeah. There's a lot of um, talk about that, but I love that more and more people do. I love when you see a woman with a carry, like, that's always the craziest thing. Somebody will have a carriage with babies in it. And you're like, I'm just carrying myself. And we're at the same pace. This is insane. You see people juggling. You you don't think the wheels help a little bit though? No. 
Okay, because you can lean forward a little, and I feel like that would help with your strides. On the downhill, absolutely. On the uphill, no, no, not at all. <laughs> you literally have yeah. like, depending how old this kid is. Oh my god, there's like, hills. Oh, a lot of hills. Fuck that shit. A lot of hills. Fuck that shit. But um, I'm proud. But of yeah, you I. Then. It is, I, I still do half marathons here and there, and I still clearly run a lot, but I, it was a really important time in my life uh, that got me through a lot of things. I would love to hear from anybody that has run marathons, um, the positive aspects of running marathons. Um, if anybody's done ultra marathons, I love hearing stories about ultra marathons. If I lost one toenail, people like lose their foot. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Like the amount of like, there's just, it's just, I don't know. I read enough stories that deterred me from ever trying to do an ultra marathon, especially because I'm running a really slow. I feel like if you ran a fast marathon, that would help with an ultra, but I'm running slow marathons. So I don't want to take six days to run an ultra. Um, just one quick question and then we can go. Do you have any aspirations to get like improve your time, like maybe get back to where you were at 21? Um, I did it's harder now with touring. Like it's just, and it's, I, it's a really big excuse because Eddie Izzard runs marathons all the time. Like he's become the face of comedians that run because he's, huh? You know, oh, she, sorry. But she, she's been the one that that's kind of put the face on like, and I, I ended up talking to her years ago and we like talked about like how to balance like training and touring. So not just, I mean, she has way more money and way more support, but she was like running marathons and then doing our shows. And I'm like, I have zero excuse. So in Spanish and you're like, okay. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's dyslexic. Like she's like <laughs> literally like, I feel like I'm in her shadow and failing on a baby level. Like I have no excuses. And I've, I've always looked up to her just even just as a comic, but yeah, I, I, it, I would need something extra to help me. And the motivation is a little bit gone, but yeah. I do love it. And I do love running long distances. And whenever my running buddy is training, I do go, oh yeah, let's run seven miles. Like I get excited to like train with her, but I don't know. It's weirdly the waking up early. I really am. That's the biggest deterrent for me. If yeah. these races were happening at noon, I actually think I would do more of them. Well, how early is early? Like they're like seven to nine. Okay. But you know, you have to get somewhere as well. Yeah. I always wanted to do the London marathon, which is really hard to get into because I think it would be cool. It'd be a cool way to see a city just the same way. It'd be a cool way to see New York city. Absolutely. All right. But you can write to us yes. at two non doctors at gmail.com. What is that Maria? You just said it two non doctors at gmail.com forward doctors. Um, all right. Thanks guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God, person. <laughs>